You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another special episode on Survivor, a little show you might have heard of. All you long-term listeners out there have stuck with us from the beginning and uh, back to covering Survivor. Very much excited for that. We brought you an all-winners episode last week discussing the upcoming Season 40 of Survivor All-Winners. And today we're back to do a little bit more of the same, but also have a bit of a focus on Australian Survivor, because that is still a thing, and we feel like we need to talk about it. My name is Ben, and I'm excited for this, and I'm in pleasure, absolute pleasure, to be able to bring back to this show for the first time to which he's actually informed me uh, since Australian Survivor Season 4 uh, 2017 Australian Survivor, where he was on this discussing that. It's been so long, I forgot we even covered that show. Look at that. Uh, the one, the only, Mr. Julian Gronenberg. Julian, welcome back to the Oz Network. It's a pleasure to have you back. Oh, thank you, Ben. It's uh, very exciting to be here. It's been a long time between drinks uh, since the uh, since I've been on the the Oz Network, but I, I'm very moist to... Uh, there I go. <laughs> very uh, excited. Started already. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm very excited. And I'm, I think it's exciting in lieu of season 40, but also just based on the fact that there's still so much Survivor and I can't wait to get into it all. So very excited to be it's, here. Thank it's, you for having me. Yeah, no, no any, any time. It's, it's interesting sort of, uh, we were just talking off air about kind of the amount of Survivor sort of what I guess led myself to take a bit of a break. I know other people have sort of taken a bit of a break, but, um, you know, it's it's a pretty exciting time to be a Survivor fan with still your two US seasons. You generally have an Australian season now. Obviously, last year, a couple of years, we've had New Zealand Survivor, South Africa Survivors come back. So, sort of Survivors coming out of everywhere at the moment. But I guess fr- from your perspective, just, just a out-of-the-fly out of question here for you, do you still hold a passion for Survivor? This is just something that I haven't even prepped you for. But, I mean, where's your passion levels lying for this show currently? Look, I think it's been piked, or P-I-Q-U-E-D, if I spelt that correctly. It's been raised from season 40, but I, I'm a little bit... Uh, look, I've, I've been watching uh, South African Survivor, and that's been quite good, but I'm, I'm worried of Survivor fatigue at the same time because I know how many episodes of Australian Survivor we're going to get. Um, that said, like, let's be honest, I'm a massive fan, and I'm probably going to keep watching it anyway, so... Yeah, like I, where am I at? Like, I, I'm starting to get a little bit fatigued, I think. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, yeah. a lot of people's viewpoints, I think, of it. But I mean, it's, I think it's so, yeah. A, a next episode next week, we're sort of going to talk a little bit more about sort of raising the question: Is Survivor broken? I guess. But I mean, leading up into season forty, because we'll talk a little bit about all winners before getting into Australian Survivor. But I think, like you mentioned it there, like you. you your excitement peaks for this this aspect because this is the ultimate dream season. We talked about this last week, kind of how exciting this is for Survivor fans. And that's like, I think most Survivor fans will admit that the last few seasons haven't been the greatest. We even talked a little bit about how, you know, when was the last season you were fully excited for and it kind of came a, a few different answers for it last week. But I think that this at least gives fans hope that... You know, you would assume that this season is going to have something about it and that if it's good and if it's great like we hope it will be, that there is still very much a likelihood that Survivor can last 
well into its 40s and maybe even, maybe even push for that magical 50th season. So do you, do you think that this is reinvigorating those sort of Survivor fans who are feeling a little bit of, okay, it's I'm still going to watch it. It's not what it used to be, but, you know, we've got something to look forward to now. Yeah, I think it has reinvigorated. Like, I, I feel like with the approach of season 40, there's like, I just remember the energy and the electricity about heroes versus villains, like when they're all in those copters, just that whole anticipation the the game is afoot sort of like that energy and i feel like that's going to be recaptured with this season and um yeah like i don't know like i do feel like when you watch a lot of it when you have all these international seasons you kind of do get a little bit fatigued because i i i think too much of a good thing can be can stop you appreciating it but at the same time um I'm worried. I'm still a bit worried. Like, and I don't want to be a cynical all podcast, but I'm still worried that based on the trajectory of the show, that there's going to be, um, yeah, like some unnatural sort of mechanisms that kind of, um, like that's, that's the history of the last few seasons and us survivor, I guess I'm talking about in particular, like if they're not going to leave Fiji, like what are they going to, what are they going to kind of keep doing to to have the theme of each season until 50? Like, I, I, I tweeted that I'm going to keep watching 100% until season 50 because there was a um, uh, an article by Inside Survivor about uh, one of the – I think it was the – what's that guy that does um, all the challenges? He's big – anyway, Matt uh, – I think he's Matt, yeah, Matt someone. That guy. Yeah, he's a big – big that dude yeah so he's like oh yeah talking it up like yeah i can see it's definitely going to the 50s so that's good like i would love to see it get to 50 but if it continues and i and i i don't want to be cynical but i do i can't see apart from season 40 being really epic i do have hold hold high hopes i do kind of see there's going to be a bit of a lull after that because how do you follow a season that good so i reckon we'll all be bitching from like season 41 through to 40 whatever about oh this is you know blah 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 um but at the same time like you've just got to take it for what it is so appreciate what you get and and don't have too many expectations because that is um a bit of a curse to have too many expectations as well at the end of the day it's still a show about um you know 16 to 20 americans going out there battling for a million dollar prize and you've got to adapt. Um, It's about, this is how television works. You know, you're not going to have a show running for that long uh, without changing it up. Um, But like, you know, you and I, people, a lot of people listening to this cable, obviously was meant to be on this episode with us too. Like people who've been there from the beginning will sort of know, I think kind of like, you know, what we miss and everything, but it's, it's no different to, you know, anybody sort of, you know, thinking about a certain time in their life when it's going to be better and all this sort of stuff. And Yeah, there's a bit of nostalgia that everyone's yeah. kind of back on as well. And you've got to, yeah, just take it for what it is. Um, but I, I'm a little bit worried about how they're going to keep it fresh because I, don't, I think their idea of keeping it fresh means just more and more advantages and uh, clues and idols and, and um, like, they've got to have that in a sense for to theme it but i'm just oh man like it's going to get to a point though where i think that the theme has to be one season because it will be such a twist in itself that we expect the amount of 
goddamn twists and, and bloody idols and advantages now that, like, have pure Borneo rules. That's a twist in itself because they, like it. they attempted it in token chains, but it wasn't really full out. Like, legitimately come out and say, this season, 16 of you, there's no tribe, like, just everything how it was in Borneo and just completely... Because yeah. that is... Enough time has passed now that that would be a huge twist in itself. It would be great and if they got, did it for all winners, but I don't think they I will. They but... should because, yeah, I wor- because they've got... The good thing about Survivor is they've had a lot of shit seasons and so they're like, well, that's something that we tried. You know, we've got a loyal audience and and i think they can take that kind of risk now like yeah. to do uh i hate to say back to basic season but but like if it doesn't work oh well at least at least like they tried it i mean you can get a pagonging and stuff i think they can find a balance but it would be cool to see a season with no idols but to make everyone think that there was idols that would be kind of cool i don't know how they could troll them in in that way but but yeah like i think I'm worried that they're running out of ideas. I'd love to see. I'd love to see a change of um, location. I don't want to get too much into the future of Survivor because I know that that's a separate topic. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I don't know if we will, but you'd have to think though. Like, can they actually do another? Like to season fifty, can they stay in Fiji? What do you think? <sighs> Look, the, the issue that I think with Fiji and everything is it all comes down to a fact that they've they've all but locked this in because I think it's just such a, a well oiled ship now that they've kind of got their location, they've got it all locked in, and. I think long gone are the days of location. Like, this is what we have today, whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was the location and twists and things like that were second nature. Whereas nowadays, the location, no one really gives a shit about as long as you've got a ghost island twist or, a you know, an edge of an extinction or things like that. Like, it's it's all about changing that up. And look, from a traditionalist perspective, absolutely, I wish they would change it up. There's so many untapped locations that they could go to, you know, come back to Australia, do a European season, you know, do a cold season, all these kind of ones that we've talked about over the years. But I, I really don't see them ever changing up from what we've got now because at the end of the day, it's almost like it's they've got... It's been a long time since... The- 33, right? Like yeah. When they started to, to me, it's it's kind of a case of it's almost like they've just built a TV studio there now and they're just filming every season there now. It's kind of that's it. It's a soundstage almost. Um, I just and, don't get it, though, because, yeah. like, other seasons, internet, like, I, I know I sound like a bit of Betty, but I'm like, New Zealand Survivor could have done, like, they did Thailand. It was so good. It felt fresh. Like, um, they didn't need to, like, call it anything else but Thailand. I know they've had a season in Thailand, but they could call it the region of Thailand if they went to the exact... Zach saying like they used to do it all the fucking time like yeah like don't do it like ugh, I'm just I'm frustrated but well think of the curious. promos like the, pro- the to me the promo was half the exciting thing of the the reunion yes. because it's like boom and where are we going next and next now week. they give away half the cast in the the thing and it's you know it's like got it's got nothing else to say and it does give them an angle yeah. and I know that like. Um, I, they sort of need to call each season something. They can't just say Survivor season forty one, Survivor yeah. season forty two. But um, I just don't see why they can't as well. Like I'm, I'm sure there's other cheaper like Fiji's not the cheapest country in the South Pacific by any means. Like and um, I think Cambodia is cheaper, and so is is Thailand as well. So I don't know. Like Vietnam, like um, Philippines is povo. Like just go to the povo <laughs> place. <laughs> but like I think like another thing too, like. 
I mean, you know, we talk a lot of complaints about the original season one of Australian Survivors that didn't even leave Australia. But, like, imagine doing that. Imagine doing this season in the US. Like, all of a sudden, like, you, you screw with them. And, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm an advocate. I'm, I'm still very surprised that season 39 isn't Canada versus USA because at the end of the day, they've opened it up to Canadians. Maybe they're that's saving that for, point. like, 41. That's a good point. That is a good but point. But that, that's yeah. a season. That season, that's another episode, I think, because that season sells itself. There are so many angles to a Canada versus yeah. USA season. And, like, screw with them. Turn around and be like, hey, Survivor, Canada vs. USA, but we're just going to film it in Florida. Like, you know, like, completely fuck yeah. with them. Because I think, like, ah, oh, just, you know, and, like, you know, what's Europe's the only continent we've never basically done a season on. Um, you know, mm. do it on a Greek island. And obviously, it all comes down to costs again because, you know, I'm, I'm assuming filming in Europe's not going to be cheap. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't see them ever doing it. It's a sad fact. And, like, you know, I think... I know, I know, I know. I know. And it, it ruins, like, it, it, um... When you said it, like it's so, it's going to be the, it's going to be the response. And I do agree with it to an extent, but I don't see why they can't because I think it's a little bit of a cop out to say that it's too hard because I know Jeff prefers it, blah 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 blah. But uh, I don't think uh, I can only hope. Like it's all wishful thinking. And I also yeah. think you, you've hit the nail on the head too. Uh, and it, it's it's Jeff's baby now. Like Lynn Spielman, all the all the original people are kind of going now, and it's just it's Jeff's shit. Yeah. But like one thing I will say, and again another episode all on Jeff Probst. But one thing I've noticed about binging these shows, like these seasons that sort of I, I skipped, is that Jeff's passion for this show. The guy looks so goddamn happy hosting this show i don't know if i've ever seen him happier hosting this show and that as a survivor fan makes me like i love the passion this guy has i think kind of like he obviously had so many transition periods he tried his own talk show it failed like he's tried different things i think it seems to me jeff Probst has come to a realization that this is it this is him this is what he'll always I be love known it. as and but I love he, he loves love it that. too yeah. yeah yeah i love that he's just been like you know what i've got a good gig i'm passionate about this show he's 50 what like who knows but like he's oh, like he's you nearly know what? 60s pushing 60 yeah and he and he looks great he does um, he as really big, does yeah a little bit of bowie on the side but that, <laughs> that anyway who cares like <laughs> good on him um yeah like he's he it is good to see him so passionate i just think he's like a little bit um a deaf to sometimes like survivor fans are annoying i get it like he doesn't like you can't you can't be wrapped up in what the community says because the the fervent fan community are always like like so he's like well there's a lot of other people that don't really get as passionate and that's maybe who he listens to and that's the bulk of the viewership so exactly yeah like i don't know um but have you also noticed too to interrupt you there like uh, one thing too and we used to joke about this back during reunions and everything when it was like you know rice girl and random kid and everything like that but to me and maybe this is what's driving this, is that it seems to be such a show now targeted at kids more so than it ever was. Like, just quick to always say in a reunion, like, thanks to the parents for, for letting your kids yeah. stay up late, and we've always got that one kid every episode who's going to write something on the back and guess who the winner is. So, to me, like, a lot of this is being driven from children, and... Like He's that's, trying to get captured the new generation, definitely. But I think that's, in a way, it's a positive thing, too, because, you know, we no, do live in not, a period where so many of these players now are saying, like, I started watching this show when I was five or that, and I, I, I don't think we, we're still yet to get a contestant who was born after it premiered, I think. I could be wrong. Um, but... 
yeah, it's it's crazy to think that this is so much being targeted more at kids. And, like, this is kind of like the Star Wars issue, the fact that, you, similar to Survivor, you've got, like, this diehard fan group who just, you know, can analyse every single inch of Star Wars and everything like that. But they, they then often forget that technically George Lucas wrote Star Wars for children. And I'm not saying Survivor wasn't created for children. I'm not saying that. But, like, as you mentioned, like, there is this very vocal minority of a super fan group of Survivor. But the majority, I think, that people need to realise is who watch this show are still, and I still hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it, the casual fan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a phrase that at least you can say the casual and everyone knows what you mean. But... I do hate that too, but it's true. He's very smart, Jeff, in trying to get the new generation on board, and I think it is. And I think he's turned into a bit of a softy as he gets older too. Like he's just sort of he he's not the hard ass that he used to be. He doesn't berate the contestants and challenges as much. Like he gives them sort of like he points out if they're doing shit. But like, when's the last season you've seen a real cranky turd, Jeff Probst? Like <laughs> just like I'm trying to think, what was the season that he was just like in a foul mood. Like yeah. I know Guatemala, he hated. I know he hated that season and I, I got a bit of snark from him, but I'm trying to think. I, I reckon there was all through the teens that he was a little bit, uh, yeah, discontent in his own legacy. Now he yeah. knows that Survivor's his legacy and he's trying to he's trying to really um, catapult the the future of the show because he knows eventually he's going to he's gonna maybe finish and – I think he's taking it day by day as well, but he wants to, yeah, he wants to capture the new generation. So when he leaves, that's when this show will get questioned, and I'm sure he's on a, yes. you know, a continued thing. And I like that's the thing we've always said. But I mean, I I still stand by whether people like Jeff Probst or not. I I would still argue he is still the best host on television to this day. Um, oh, just good. he is just an incredible talent in terms of what he can do off the cusp. Um, yeah, there's a level of planning involved, but, you know, having watched these international versions, like nothing is John Parley or Matt Chisholm, like they're, they're all great and they're, they're all developing. That I mean, Jeff's had, you know, 40 seasons nearly to develop where these guys have only had a couple, but, you, you know, you, you, you watch how he's developed and, and having seen, you know, one of the things I did when I was lucky enough to go to the finale is I watched Jeff in the ad breaks and like, yeah, he had sort of like little note cards and sort of things that he obviously looked at, but once he looked at it, that was it. Like, that was kind of it. You know, you could see him in the air breaks. He had a little sort of thing he went into and he came back out and he kind of was prepped and ready to go. And he's, a, he's, an, he's an absolute professional at what he does. And and can I just say, like, without, like, flogging, like, giving him a blowjob here, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just wow. think that he's a, he's a journalist. And I love, like, people that can ask questions. And he's actually, like, comes from a journalism background and a, yeah. and um, inquisitive. Like, he he's not, like... The Aussie, what's Jay? What's his name? Jonathan Lapalia. Yeah, Lapalia. Like he's an actor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Jeff Probst comes from a that sort of different perspective, and I think he's really inquisitive about human nature and all that sort of stuff. So he he um he's super highly aware, and and yeah, I I do believe that he is the creme de la creme. I, I think we can talk about these things forever, and we've found a few new topics, Julian, to talk about in the future. Oh God, but... I'm just fucking getting moist. But I'm going to ask you your your take on the all winner season. Uh, I mean, just give me a general rundown of your thoughts on on the cast that are they're going to be on this season. Pretty good, like pretty yeah. Like I listened to um, you, Colin and Rossi, talk about it, and I'm 
there's some there's some what there's, but I think we just have to be satisfied, like because if you have too many expectations again, like you're going to be disappointed. And the fact that we, I never thought this day would come, and most people should remember that that the fact we are getting an all winter season, and the fact that um, it's going to be recent season heavy. That's just standard. Um, we can wish, we can dream, but I I reckon they've got some pretty good names, and um, I'm particularly impressed with the the all uh, the the women's tribe. I guess I don't know if they're going to do a women's tribe, but it'd be good um, if they did. Yeah, you guys said it'd be cool to do men versus women, and I think this is um, a season where that would work. But um, there's less female winners, but they're I really like the the crew that they've got. Um, and it's interesting that recently there haven't been that many um, female winners, but it's really good. It's it's just it's just good. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing as a Guatemala man yourself too, Julian. Uh, as I think most people's most exciting one is Miss Boatwright. Hashtag Danny wins Guatemala. So is she is she your most uh, moist choice? I guess you could say. <laughs> Moist choice. Hashtag moist choice. That's got a nice <laughs> ring to it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I can finally say um, that there's been someone back from Guatemala, and I'm I'm nervous though, Ben. I'm very very nervous. And um, uh, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I think she's got I think she's got decent chances, but I'm also worried that she doesn't have that many connections with. Um, she stayed off the off the grid. She's she's not recent. I don't think she ever really got hyper involved. I second Colin's comment to please release her um, Survivor Oz um, interview it's, in the lead up to season it 40. It will be definitely one of the ones that we put up for a vote and uh, maybe I might rig the vote to put it up because I think it deserves, <laughs> to be, it deserves to be listened to again. Absolutely. Because that's what worries me because of the new generation and like people need to like she wasn't it wasn't a memorable season. She's not a memorable winner but it worries me that that people might not appreciate her as much as I do. But at the same time, I'm so thankful. And that's what I like about this, these returnee seasons because I have to give Survivor credit. You do get recency bias and you get um, players from recent seasons, but you also do still get, let's not forget we got Jervis in um, 27 and we got Kimmy Kappenberg in, and yeah. Like Kelly Wigglesworth, yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. Oh, my Vanna. God. Like, so, Big, and who who was the last one? Varna. I mean, he came back twice, oh, didn't he? Oh, basically, Varna, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. And so, there's always. I like that they're not completely ignoring uh, seasons before season twenty. So, anyone that comes back in any season um, before Heroes vs Villains, I'll be totally delighted by. So, the fact that Danny's back though is pretty epic. Now, just this got me thinking. I was going to bring this up last week, but I wanted to work this out now that you brought it up. Now that we're going to have an original Guatemala player coming back, if I am not mistaken, that will now only leave Karamoan and Edge of Extinction as the only two that will not have had an original player return. Because you think Karamoan, that yeah. none of those 10 original uh, the fans have not returned. Um, so, and I, I'd love a, a, a super fan out there that's maybe been more paying attention 
than I have. Um, but that I, sounds that sounds right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've got to add Island of the Idols to that too when it comes to season forty, because obviously we're not going to have anyone coming with that. And I mean, Edge of Extinction, yeah. Island of the Idols, you're going to have more likely people coming back from that on whatever it is. But I mean, we used to always talk. I remember we used to always talk like, will Guatemala ever have anyone come back? And it would seem like we'd miss the boat. But I mean, now you got to look at. And I I don't like Caramoan as a season. I think it's not a very good season. <laughs> um, but like, I would it's love shit. Yeah, I mean, but I would hope that, like, say, for example, 50 is some sort of celebration legacy season. Like, I, I'm a bit of a sucker for stats. I'm a bit of a sucker for continuity and kind of filling in gaps and ticking off lists. So I would like to hope that we could yeah. at least get one Caramoan person come back. And I'm not talking about bringing Cochrane back because he doesn't count. That's like the no. um, the Stephanie LaGrosa argument doesn't count in Heroes of Earth Villains because original season wasn't Guatemala. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there we go. That's just a random little thing that poor old Karen no, that, Owen now is getting ignored. That sounds correct. And, um, yeah, like, I, I think, um, who would you bring back? I suppose because there's only 10 people. I'd bring on Sherry. List. I like Sherry, but I'm in the minority yeah, she's there. Good, Snowy. I, know, I like her too. Matt Bischoff. Snowy was good. Yeah, they're all engaged. I think they deserve Re- it. Reynolds was, Reynolds was, uh, Reynolds was the best of the, the sort of pretty boys in that. I mean, yeah, he, he was decent. Like, and, Eddie Fox was close uh, yeah. to coming back, I think, at one point too. Um, you could just never say never, I suppose, now that we've got someone from Guatemala. But, it, like, I don't want to keep going on about Guatemala, but indulge me here because I just <laughs> No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm a Guatemala fan too. I, I like the Guatemala To me, and, and I'm, I'm getting picky now because I've got Danny, but to me, a winner coming back is not the same as, like, someone else from the season coming back because I, I honestly think that her odds were good because... There's not that many women winners, and there's not that many. They need to get a tribe of ten, mm-hmm. uh, like women, to play. So yeah, like um, it doesn't mean that Jeff's going to look favorably favorably in the future. It'd be like, oh, okay, like, but it's good. No, it's still good. At least it ticks that that um, that box, so to speak. It's crazy to think too, um, and it goes to show, like, obviously, time passes, people age. I realize that. But, I mean, I think we might have mentioned last week, Amber's going to be 40 going into this season. Danny's going to be 43. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's so crazy to me to picture Amber being older than Kim Spradlin, but she is. <laughs> she always had, had such a baby face. Like, um, yeah. I actually happened... I, I saw Rob in the preview of 30. Oh, he's not aged very um, well. He looked, he looked a bit paunchy, <laughs> and, but, yeah, like, I mean... Yeah, he he looks like he looks his age, I suppose. True. Um, I'm I guess really we shouldn't. Intrigued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we're used to seeing like good looking people on Survivor, so I guess he just kind of looks like a normal, normal dude. Like, because how old is Rob? Like, uh, forty three. So yeah, like he's not. Yeah, he's Ethan's forty five. Yeah, be int- I'm super. I, I don't know what Ethan looks like. I don't know what Amber looks like. I actually don't know what Danny looks like because every single. Um, little article or or podcast image with, yeah, yeah. It shows old pictures of them. So yeah. I I'm so intrigued to see what they look like, and that's just that's nothing to do with gameplay. That's just just human voyeurism, I suppose. Well, but, I, I think yeah, I mean it's. it's- it's human nature. I mean, I think it's kind of like when Wigglesworth came back. You know, it's kind of it was interesting to see yeah. Wigglesworth and like What's even Jeff Varner. We like, yeah, yeah, it was, and and Wigglesworth looked. <laughs> oh god something like yeah <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> oh poor Wigglesworth oh yeah. god still makes me sad thinking I, about I'm, that I'm nervous I'm, I'm nervous based on that now that I think about it but but I think I think 
she's a different kettle of fish as well than some of these people. So you it's, can't think, yeah. Who who out of the ones that didn't get cast, who are you most pissed off about? Uh, I I really wanted Tina. Like I know, I think it's just because she was mentioned and I'm just like, she's a golden oldie. She's just like, I feel like I've bonded on a maternal level with Tina. It's really weird that I like associate that with her, but I just think she's a classic. I'm super, um, super partial towards Australian uh, Australian outback. So any anyone from that gets me excited. But yeah, I'm I'm sad about Tina because I think she's iconic. I do I do think that Hatch is a disappointment as well. Like obviously, I wanted anyone from season twenty before from before season twenty to be mm-hmm. on, and there's not there's not that many. Let's be honest. What have we got? Four? Three, four. Yeah. No, well, poverty. For Anna, you'll... Dan- no, like six. Is that? Uh, okay. Okay. So, we've got poverty, you'll... Danny. Amber, uh, Danny. Amber. Poverty. Sandra. That's four. Um, Ethan. Sandra Rob, almost doesn't count, though. I know Sandra's... You'll... Seven. I'm glad that she's there, but like... She oh, Tyson. Doesn't... Tyson's technically from before season 20, even though he won... Post season twenty, yeah. so the eight. Okay, well, I mean, nearly, I guess, but like, it's still, it's still very post twenty heavy. It's not too bad, I suppose, but I don't really count Tyson. But, but yeah, like I, I, I'm actually kind of excited to see a few of the players like um, Sophie and Kim. To be honest, I'm actually, I'm pretty moist on all the female tribe. Look, um, I mentioned last week, like, obviously I'm not a Sophie fan. I, I think before Chris, as I said last week, before Chris, to me, she was the worst winner of Survivor. Um, but, like, as I said she's last week. She's got a bitchy week, side. She's got a real bitchy well, it's, side. It's not, even, it's not even that. I think just, I just, I still don't know how she won the game. That she's the only one who I've ever watched and thought, like, how the hell did she win this you, game? Yeah, but, and you've, but, you've made a good, good argument and a fair argument, but, like, obviously... Yeah, and like as I said last week, I want to be proved wrong. I really want to be proved wrong. I want to come back in a year's time, and if she wins, like she's not my preference to win. She would be my preference, one of the first to go on a personal level. But this is what's so good about these seasons is that you know I remember going back to All Stars, wanting nothing more than having Elizabeth coming back. Found out she's been replaced by Amber. What the actual fuck is Amber doing on this season? <laughs> and yeah, at the time, like, fuck you, Amber winning this season is ridiculous. You know, hindsight is a it's a beautiful thing. You learn yeah. over time to appreciate certain aspects of life. And, and she was like a 21-year-old when she... Yeah. Uh, she was 21. And so she had to feel like she had to defend her game, blah, blah, blah. And I think I do she does think a good job. Good... I think she does no, a good and job. she does. She actually does. She actually does. She's got a good strat- strategic mind. Um, she she got defensive because I guess she felt like she needed to. Um, but yeah, it is hard watching that season. But I mean, it's and still it's still still that. my favorite season. I I still I think and just I just quickly I was just saying, Sophie, like I would I want to I want to see her do well just so I can be proved wrong. But like this is where on on all the layers, um, you know, like seeing Rob and Amber play together again, like it's just that aspect. Like, can can we just imagine a world? And it, like I would put a lot of money on this not happening. But if it did, that Rob and Amber did exactly what they did in All Stars again. And people oh. fell for it again, and we have. I would kind of like. like wow. I think it would be epic in terms of story, but I'd kind of hate. I'd be frustrated as well, but I'd love to see their dynamic as well. Like I'd love oh. to have them have a little tear for, or um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but I agree. Like, imagine if they just did that again, like oh. hoodwinked everyone and. 
Yeah. But even like it was raised last week, I think too about um, like Ethan and Rob's little rivalry. Like you know, um, this is where it's, it's disappointing just, that Jen yeah. is not on it because imagine having the conflict between Ethan yeah, and Jen actually, and now that they're call. broken up. Like, well, things who like are you that. most most disappointed? There's because she's um she's probably one of mine. Look, actually. I look obviously you know it's going to be Brian, but again at the same time I I knew Brian would never come back. Like I, that's it's kind True. of a given. Like that that was not going to happen. Um, per, on a personal standpoint, yeah, it, it's it's hatch. It, it's Tina Vesepia. I'm disappointed about this. And it's sim- similar to you. Anyone really pre twenty? Todd is a is a travesty. Like but no that's a Todd. Admission. That's a glaring admission. And do you think like the fact that he wasn't chosen is? Why do you think he wasn't chosen? I know it's all speculation. But... It's look. I a lot of people put it down to his troubles and that maybe he's not quite on a level Today. to do it. But the thing that I find interesting with that is that like. Think of that redemption story from a from a television perspective. You have yeah, this you guy, that, yeah. like the the down and out luck on his story, and then coming back. Imagine if he came back and won, like the redemption of all that sort of stuff. Like it would be such a good thing. And like, I mean, I'm looking at the list kind of when I did my article on it. That basically all of the ones that I put that I'm disappointed with, with the exception of Fabio. I'm disappointed about Fabio. He's the only one post twenty that I've put that I'm disappointed with. Every other person on that list is pre twenty. I've got Natalie White on that list because. Natalie yeah. White, I would have loved to see him come back. She's someone who easily could have won a second time around and play again and get out of that Russell shadow. Like, do a game that's all about you and forever not be tainted by the fact that, oh, should you have won because Russell was voted against rather than you for the win? You know, I, I'm a JT fan. I think JT's both subsequent games were overshadowed by people thinking that he's a dumb player because he made, quote, dumb moves. Earl, like, love Earl to bits. We, everyone talks about Danny's interview being so great. One of my personal favorites, maybe my absolute personal winner's interview favorite, if I had to choose, might have been Earl's because I would argue Earl's listen. alongside with Danny's were, like, the most complete interview in explaining their game and why they won. Chris Doherty, like... It's such a shame that it seems like, to me, it's down to Jeff Probst just not liking him because of everything that happened with Julie. And Jenna, again, I've always ooh, been... A... Oh, oh, gosh, what what happened there? Like, well, just, it's this? just, it's always been sort of put out there that since sort of, you know, Jeff uh, was with Julie and then not with Julie, that yeah. kind of, you know, Chris was always hashtag Team Julie. So there's always been a, you know, a bit of animosity, yeah. supposedly. Yeah, true. So... True, no, that makes sense because he, he obviously had a pretty close relationship with her. So, yeah, like, I can see how sides get But at the, at the um, end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, my list is going to be different to yours. And, like, you know, with Rossi last week, Rossi mentioned that he's excited for Michelle coming back. And, like, yeah, we yeah, joke, but, like, it's yeah. I like hearing those perspectives. Like, I do like hearing too. And, like, of a recent winner, let's – I suppose that, like, what who – because Natalie Anderson oh, – I keep focusing on the women players, but Natalie Anderson and – um. And probably Adam. I know Adam's a little annoying sometimes, but I'm I'm sort of interested to see him play again. They're probably and Michelle to a lesser degree, but I do tip my hat to Rossi because she is intriguing in the sense of like, what's she going to do now? Like she could be shit, yeah. and like a few years later, I could be like, oh my god, that was a foul. But but yeah, who are you intrigued of of the more? I guess the last ten seasons. That's a, of the- a great question, and yeah, I mean. Look, I think it is very intriguing to look at those ones because, yeah, obviously a lot of us are focused on the old-time winners. But, I mean, look, even the last couple of winners, like Nick and Wendell, uh, I mean, from a personal level, I didn't dislike them as people. 
Um, I, I, I'm interested to see how Wendell's going to go without someone like Dominic, you know, because I think it was kind of definitely a dual show. And similar to Yule, actually, kind of lumping in that, like Yule and Ozzy, kind of, you look at that with mm. Wendell and sort of, you and know. And Becky, Becky kind of was like, I know she was yeah, fake, but like, yeah, he really had a strong ally. I'm um, definitely, uh, I'm really interested to see how Sarah will go because Sarah was somebody who, you know, I think played absolutely appallingly the first time and then came out and surprised <laughs> and played very well. I'd like to see sort of that dynamic with Tony. Tony, to me, is because, mm, you know, Tony, someone who openly admitted that in Game Changers that I knew I didn't have a chance, I just went out there and basically being a bit of a tosspot. So how's he going to cope? Because I think there's I'm that way level... I'm excited to see him. That yeah. I, bless, bless you, Jeremy, but, like, because he, I saw him last a whole season fairly recently. I know Tony was more recent, but he only lasted, what, two, three episodes? Two episodes, I think. Two was, was his second, second boot. Yeah, it was gone the yeah. second boot. So, yeah. actually, I'm I'm hoping Tony now has the target off him and can be a force in some way. I don't want him to win necessarily. But, but actually, sorry, there's so many. Oh, this is such a juicy discussion point this season 40 you could just go on forever but who do exactly. you want to win who do you want to win want to win kim spradlin because to me it would yeah. just purely crown her as the greatest like to me yeah. she's only a few points behind brian as the greatest winner of all time but i would love to see kim come out and just dominate the shit out of everyone like she did to put that to rest uh obviously danny similar situation um <sighs> I would, from the male, like, it's, it's interesting how, like, you were talking about, like, focusing on the female. I'm kind of very similar. Like, I'm, I think I'm more excited for the females and the men. But with the men's perspective, probably I'd, I'd like to see Ethan win. I'd like to see Tony win. Yeah, it's Ethan um, would make. I, I heard you on the podcast the other night. You're like, I've got a stiffy or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, it's, like, that notion is just very, very exciting because it, it pays homage or homage, however you say that word, to the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it would be a real, uh, force from le- like the left wing or left, like it'd be out of the, out of the blue. And so, it's, yeah. and the thing that I'm, I'm loving, like just, this is again, just gets me so excited for speculation because even post season 40, right? Th- th- we did our 34,000 million hour podcast to rank all the pub survivors to basically come up with the most obvious answer, which was Sandra, because she'd played twice, won twice. Yeah, yeah. So this is where, like, you think about this. That, like, if you've got a player who wins, who have only, like, he's 100% still, you know, it, it's, a, it's a Danny, it's a Denise, it's a Kim, it's a Michelle, you know, a Natalie, some of these people who have played, you know, Sophie, not somebody like a, a Jeremy or a, or a Tyson or a Tony, someone who's come back and, you know, won twice but still lost on occasion, like... I know Sandra's lost a game now, but like you think about the fact that for, for the majority of her time as a survivor winner, she was two from two. So I would love to be able to have a comparison if Sophie won, and then we're going to sit there and say, use the same argument. Like, Sophie's the best of all time because she's 100%. She's two from two. And at that point, Sandra would be two from four. How do you compare four. it? Yeah, how do you compare if one of them wins again? Which one of them will? Not if. Um... Because we will have another multiple winner. And whether yes, that's Sandra three times that. or another two-time winner, oh, we will I, be I, able to I, put that I to bed and have a debate. I say it's not going to be Sandra because no one's going to want her to win a third time. But like, if she I won, if she won, hands down, no, que- absolute settle it. Yeah, it would. Uh, Ethan, just looking at the rankings here, I just Googled it. Ethan got 23 of the best players of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sophie got 29. And this was... Post, I think season thirty had 
just aired. Was um, this the one that we updated or was this... Um... No, this is the non-updated one. So this okay. is the original. Um, so I think it was just... Uh, yeah, so... From Ethan, memory, yeah. Amber was the lowest. Natalie White, the lowest winner from memory. Yeah, I'm... Hang on. I think... Looking through it now, but that, that rings a bell because I, I was um, pretty... Yeah, yeah, hang yeah. On. No, I, I... Yeah, <laughs> Natalie White, number forty. So I have to say that must be the lowest. Because I know um, a lot of there was a few winners that went before any non-winners on that list. So, um, and a lot of people gave a shit for that. But, um, yeah, no, it's and this is the thing. Amber thirty-eight, is... equal thirty-eight with Vesepia. Um, oh, obviously, oh, that's right. We fought for Vesepia, I think, because I think she ended up going a bit higher. I think we might have vetoed her once at least, surely, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, I tried to black that out. <laughs> I re-listened to that like a year or so ago. And oh, look, it... I've, I've, I've listened to snippets. It's a real good snippet podcast if you ever want to like listen to uh, like here I am. Um, oh, I love it. Like I, I kind of <laughs> love that question about the um, the updated thing. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to sit through another. Well, I think we got, I think because I, I think uh, we, did, we, did, we don't really have, I think, the listenership basis we did during Survivor Oz. But, yeah, we did do it last year for the, the five subsequent seasons and i think kind of yeah that question was posted was last week and i think what i mentioned is we'll probably do it post 39 as a lead-up episode into episode season 40 and then maybe we'll do a special one to kind of commemorate 40 with the winners and i don't know okay it's just we'll, we'll come up with something i think but um it was yeah. just yeah yeah who do you want to win you asked me the question who do you want to win oh uh, like with obviously danny but that aside i'd really like to see <sighs> I want to see a good character win as well. Like, I don't want someone beige to win. So it's hard to say who's going to emerge as a character because they're only a character based on what footage. I think they're all interesting in their own way, but I do think that some some people are going to be more interesting. I think Ethan would be really good. Is he going to be a character, though? That's... I, I, I think uh, if you judging his all, I think his all stars game gets you know very underrated. Like you don't true. really talk Ethan up in the grand scheme of things. His all stars game, and I know Colin talked a bit about that last week. But um, you know, I I know for one from having interviewed him several times over the years that the guy's great. You know, great personality. I think he's grown into a bit more of a, a personality that we saw. You know, and he's grown up. He's he's married now. You know, he's sort of you know great, different era. Life. He can be yeah. he can be this strategic or cutthroat. And we saw that hint of it in All Stars, which I liked. He had that sort of um, yeah that snark about him, like which um, I think that he yeah, like I, I think you don't. I think they can kind of make anyone a character too to that point. So I say, oh, I want someone that's you know engaging and and interesting to win, but. I'm sure well, you look at poverty. You, I mean, to interrupt you quickly. You talk about making anyone a mm-hmm. character. I mean, outside of being a bit flirtatious uh, during Cook Islands, what what was poverty's character arc? And yet you look at it. Yeah. You look at her now. She's regarded as one of the greatest f- female greatest players of all time. So you know, without her returning, having seen something in her, you know, we wouldn't have anything. We would just kind of have this semi flirtatious, attractive woman who what made top yeah, five, she, top six. So just yeah. another hot hot chick on the on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know that. Like, I think they'll make anyone good. I, I, who do you? Who would you hate to see win? <laughs> see, that's a tricky one because I was thinking about that before, and I was nearly going to say, like, at the end of the day, I almost wouldn't be disappointed with anyone. And like, honestly, I, if I think mm-hmm. about it, like, yeah, I like, of course, I from a personal fan perspective, people who I'm saying like, I don't really want to see you again because I'd rather have seen another winner. 
I would say people like like Sophie, like Michelle, um, you know, like Wendell, Adam, Wendell and Nick, I'd kind Nick, of hate Tyson. Them. I'm yeah. not personally yeah. fans of theirs, but yeah. yeah, on such a season like this, and I say this now, I would love to replay this clip in 12 months' time. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly can't see after watching a season to have another winner win because like, I just. I don't see this being... It's not like All-Stars where you mix winners with, like, Ambers and people like that where at the time you're like, why? There's there's no... Like, the argument here is, yeah, there are other winners that would have been better to see, but at the end of the day, your argument is moot because it's... They're winners. Yeah. That's yeah, purely the basis the of this, isn't it? of the best. Yeah. And that's why, like, to sort of, like, go back to the start of us talking about Sins Boy, that's why it's actually such a bloody blessing to get this season because I never thought it would come. And to fact, the fact that we've got like the best of the best all playing against it, like they're sort of on an equal playing field as much as you can ever be on Mm -hmm. survivor because nothing's ever completely equal. Um, Even if it's all newbies, it's not really equal. So this is as close as you get with returnees. I just love it. I love it. Completely agree. Who, who would you be? Yeah. Who, who's going to be the one that you would be angry then? I'll, I'll oh, look, I'd be, yeah, like I'd, I'd sort of be meh on a lot of like the newer winners, but like Jeremy, I guess, like even though I like him, um, eh, yeah, and, and Nick and probably Wendell is, I like Wendell more. He's more likable to me than, than Nick. Um, but yeah, like Michelle probably too. So yeah, anyone, anyone sort of from that vintage, I think. Yeah. Well, I think just transitioning then in a little bit to about Australian survival, because we'll get some listener questions here as well, because we've got plenty, that we've, as I said, from last week to cover this week, and we'll cover them into next week as well. But, I mean, look, you know, and a lot of people know that are listening, I, I haven't yet seen the, the newest season of Australian survival. I'm still catching up. I know who wins and sort of everything along those lines. But how are you feeling about the state of Australian survival right now? Because we're, we're about to see another champions versus contenders. A lot of the celebrity casts have been leaked. And personally, to me, I'm, I'm more excited from the celebrity cast that we're seeing this year than we did last year because I know a lot more of them and I'm a lot more familiar with these people but uh, do we do we need another champions contenders I mean was it from your perspective that successful that good compared to non-champions contenders that we had in the previous two years I think it uh, yeah like I I'm not stoked about it but I'm stoked that we get another season but I do believe that this is probably our last I reckon it's likely, given New Zealand um, slowing down, that it's our last hurrah. So I'm, I'll take what we get, but I'm not stoked. Um, I don't really know. Like, I know a couple of them. Actually, maybe maybe there's a few more people that I know. Um, here I've got, like, are we going to talk about who's who's being Look, confirmed? Or? I'll, say, I'll say right now to people, if you, if you don't want to know, uh, maybe skip ahead a bit now because I, I think it's fairly oh, out there Sorry. in the media, really. And it's, it's even been confirmed, I know, on, like, a football broadcast in the last week. There's uh, one of the AFL players who is on this cast was meant to be at the Hall of Fame presentation to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but they're having to delay them to next year because they're out there playing Survivor right now. So. What did they say about that? Did they be like, this person is playing Survivor? Yeah, well, they, they basically said that this person was eligible um, and that uh, they essentially have, um, you know, had to delay Previous. their induction to next year because they're presently filming Australian Survivor. 
love and it. Actually, yeah, just well, quickly on, just quickly, really quickly on that, can I just really add something so funny that I think is hilarious? Is the fact that some yep. of these players are out there right now. The time recording this, they are filming season forty, and I know Kim Spradlin, for example. She's updating her social media, like, every day. And, like, everyone's commenting going, oh, so your husband's updating this, are you, Kim? Oh, yeah. Because, like, it's just it's just hilarious that she's doing this to make it believe that she's not out there. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. It's funny. <laughs> I wonder if she's doing that for her own personal branding as well because yeah. um, I follow Sandra Diaz Twines. It's a fan account. It's always been a fan account. But that's ever since, you know, like, she's been out for season 40, that's been... Um, the uh, spike in activity of like Sandra, like, oh, here she is in Heroes vs. Villains, and here she is like telling Russell off and all this mm. sort of stuff. So, yeah, like, um, back to back to Aussie Survivor though. Glad we're getting a season, season seven, is it? Um, six. No, yeah. Six. Yeah, so we had, yeah, that's right. So we had, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's season six. Um, I'm confused about South Africa. I think that's season seven. Um, I'm glad we've got it, but I'm um, I'm not excited about it. Like, how many days, Ben? Do you know? Is it still fifty? Oh, look, oh I, I feel like threads that is shorter. I don't um, know. I mean, this is this is still my gripe the, with Australian Survivor, and kind of this is why, like, I'm rolling my eyes the most about rewatching it. It's because it's too long. It's too long. The game is what fifty five days. There's like twenty five episodes in the season, and it's just the episodes are too long. Like, I know I, too I long. want more. Yeah. It's and that's yeah. that's and like it frustrates me when I see and like okay I shouldn't say it frustrates me because that's not fair it, it's a person's opinion is a person's opinion I don't agree with the people who watch Australian Survivor and say it's better than the US Survivor because like no matter what we might think of the the US version and and it's what's happened to it of late. I would still argue on a production level and kind of a, oh, a editing and everything. It's still, by oh. all means, head and shoulders above anything that's out there. And I think, look, Australian Survivor does a great job at doing what it does. We it talked punches about above this. its weights, but it's a bit of yeah. parochialism to be like, oh, this is this is just as good as like it's kind of just like taking that proud pride a bit far. I think. Well, like, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. And I think kind of in, in and we talked about this when it was announced and kind of what we were to expect and it's just the Australian reality TV model. It's let's shove as much down your throat in the space of a short amount of time and supposedly you're not going to get sick of it. Um, but, you know, and like, it, it is a stretch watching it, but like it's still a great thing that Channel 10 got it because Channel 10 don't give up on things like 9 and 7 do. We're obviously about to yeah. see the return of um, Amazing Race Australia on Channel 10, which is great. Oh. Like um, um, I did not, I did not know. That's yeah, true. no, it's recently they apparently just closed casting, so and it's, it's set to film very shortly. So um, that's due at the end of this year. So CBS's buyout of Channel Ten is kind of you know showing its benefits. But look, I I think that you know a watered down version would be much appropriate. Personally, like yeah, while it's good that we've got some of these people coming out for Champions Contenders, it's just tricky. Like. It's, it's gimmicky again. Like, so many people responded so well to the first Channel 10 season. So many people responded so well to the second Channel 10 season. It, it baffled me why they went this route, and now they're doing it again. So, I don't I know. Think it, I think it comes down to ratings, and as I'm sure you know that, like, the ratings were steady, and they weren't that great at, at many times, but they got better in season of the last uh, Champions vs. Contenders. So, I was like, oh, let's just strike while the iron's hot. It does, it, but it wasn't that much better. So I think 
I honestly bemoan the Australian TV landscape because it's pretty much just like people will kind of watch what's being fed to them in a way because there's just so little on. And if they yeah. just kind of saturate with what they're given, people are probably going to get into it. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to, sorry, I'm just laughing at the fact that, um, I mean, it kind of started last year when I was living in the country. I shouldn't just joke since I've left the country. But the fact that Married at First Sight is like the number one show in the country just kind of... Yeah. Um, Coast it's just like show. they just saturate you with like there's only like there's only so many shows that they really prime time like and they're all reality genre like The Voice, um, House Rules, Married at First Sight, um, it's... Farm Wants. Well, that's Farmers probably finished, but yeah, exactly. Like they're all. <laughs> God, I haven't heard that show in a long time. God, it's funny yeah, actually. Nick, yeah. Nick, and I might mention this to him next week. He he messaged me recently saying he's like, oh, I've just gotten into my kitchen rules, don't judge me. But he said, like, what is it with your editing, the way they make everything so dramatic? It's like if somebody drops a piece of rice on the floor, they act like it's going to cause a murder or something like that. And I'm like, that's Channel 7 for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I reckon it's become more dramatic in the way. Oh, God, I mean, yes. this is a separate podcast too, but it, it really hasn't. And, and I hope Survivor, I think Survivor stayed pretty, like the format stayed pretty good. I know that they adapt it locally so i'm 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 fairly happy i'm just a little bit survivor fatigued as i said at the start of the episode so i'm a little bit like with all the quality that we're getting from south africa which are one episode a week um and i'm got two u.s seasons a year i'm a little bit like uh, am i going to kind of just get over this focus on these pseudo like they're, they're sports people most of the people that i've seen well um, yeah i mean i'll go into some of these and just again we sh- you've probably skipped ahead now and you're probably getting to this point now spoiler alert if you're <laughs> if you've skipped ahead to this point right now we are now going to go through and these are i guess the leaked and semi-confirmed i think they're all but confirmed sort of some of the champions and i don't know if this is all of them this is just some of them so and to me I, again i come into this having heard of all of these people so i'm i'm pretty excited for that um mm. so nova paris who if, if you're not familiar with her she actually was the very first indigenous australian to win an olympic gold medal she was part of the uh, hockey ruse who won gold back in atlanta 1996 she then uh, left hockey became a runner i believe she competed in at least sydney 2000 i'm not sure if she did in other games but then she went on to be a senator so she actually then went yeah. on to become a prominent I didn't politician know that about the hockey that's cool yeah. no yeah she but a lot of people think it's kathy freeman but actually no she nova paris won it four years um, i'm sure they, did. i'm sure she hates that because there would be a lot of people getting yeah, and because it's a team sport, not an individual sport, kind of, you know, the focus isn't necessarily there. But um, uh, the other one's an AFLW player called Abby Holmes, who I'm probably the least familiar I am out of all of these people, but I, I think I've heard of her name. Uh, now, the one I was talking about with the Hall of Fame, Simon Black. Now, as a Brisbane boy, um, you know, surely you remember when the Brisbane Lions were winning all the grand finals, you know. Uh, I I do th- remember vaguely, but I just remember, like, just looking at him now. He's a bit of a hottie, so I was no, delighted. He's- yeah, no. Look, uh, as somebody who doesn't swing that way, he's he's always been a good looking rooster. So, um, you know, he it was I mean, the ar- it was the arms, like it was yeah. the they've always got good arms, <laughs> and he's though, aged pretty well from what I've I th- yeah. seen. He's he's a bit of a TV pundit. So, um, he yeah. I mean, look for, for anybody out there who knows anything about the AFL, he's Brownlow medalist, three time Premiership player, Brownlow medalist for those who don't know anything about the AFL, is like the MVP of the AFL. So, I mean, he, one of the greats of the game, and he was yeah scheduled to be inducted into the Hall of Fame last week, but uh, he's been postponed a year. Basically, so he's a big name, like, because I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm shit any sport. AFL, any like, AFL fan big... would definitely know yeah. who he is. Um, yeah, Pierre Miranda. I'm sure you you would have known looking yeah. for Alabrandi. We all watched that in school, didn't we? <laughs> I think that's like, the only reason why. So, like anyone that like 
I guess is our age. Maybe they still read it in school looking for Alabrini, but that's so random, but I kind of love it. Um, no I offense to Pia Miranda. She hasn't really done a lot since looking for Alabrini, has she? So. <laughs> she's done fucking diddly squat as far as I know, but like, I'm probably sure she's probably like, that's what we'll learn, what she's done. So yeah. I'm kind of, I like that. I like that she, I, I guess I, I'm torn between last season on a Champions versus Contenders. We had people like Sean and, and that um, Jackie poker player. So they're, they're champions, but they're not really celebrities. So do well, I, I think- want, I kind of half want people that are more celebrities as uh, in a way. Um, but I, I would argue that, I mean, again, maybe this is just a personal perspective, Julian, because I know who these people are. But I would argue yeah. this is the most star-studded we've had, even going back to Celebrity yeah. Survivor from Channel 7. Because, yeah. and like, we, we, I know Cable did an episode on that just sort of discussing about why you're not going to get you know, these huge names out there. And, like, people will then say, like, oh, you know, shame warned, did I'm a celebrity get me out of here? The difference is, I'm a celebrity get me out of here is not Survivor. Like, they've got so many perks and they're getting paid so much money to do that show, whereas this is, like, legitimately you are living like everyone else. Like, you have to survive, like... Joe Bloggs out there. So this is where it's surprising. Like, and look, you know, P. Miranda, Simon Black, they're not, you know, Joe, like Noah had only heard of uh, when we get to Stephen Bradbury, but like, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's a, a few of these people, you know, a lot of, I can understand why people haven't heard of them. Um, but, you know, like P. Miranda at the time was for five minutes pretty famous. And you look at someone like Susie Maroney, who I do yeah, remember in the nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was like a, a swang the English channel, like in a record time. And like, she was a big deal in the 90s. I remember a lot of media coverage around her. And I believe she got cerebral palsy. So like, she was the first person to ever do that too. So um, like, she's a big name. But I think, I, I mean, the really big one here, I, I'll just quickly, I just want to mention Andrew Eddinghausen because he was my favorite rugby player growing up. We played, I go for Cronulla. So he was champion Cronulla Sharks player in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, sorry, 80s and 90s, I should say. And then he hosts the Lifestyle Fishing Show on uh, Channel 9 called Escape with E.T., which some people might have heard of, um, and named one of the 100 greatest ever rugby league players of all time. So to me, that's exciting just from a personal level. But I think the one, even Colin knows who I'm talking about this, and Stephen Bradbury is like, uh, he's obviously Australia's first ever Winter Olympic gold medalist. Uh, a yeah. lot of people will know that as the guy who kind of, you know, stood up while everybody else fell down. Iconic moment in Australian sporting history. I had the pleasure of interviewing Stephen Bradbury oh, close to a decade ago, one of the first big-name interviews I ever did when I got started in radio. Such a nice down-to-earth guy. I read his autobiography. Such an amazing story. So excited for Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> like, I love this man. And probably one of the biggest, if not maybe the biggest celebrity we've had on that. I mean, Shane Gould last year was a big coup because, again, multi-Olympic gold medalist, big deal in the 70s. But I think kind of Stephen Bradbury's a little bit more on the spotlight because, I mean, I'm assuming you would have surely heard of Stephen Bradbury too. Oh, I definitely heard of him and knew he was a winter Olympian. That's about it. Um, But I'm bad with sports. And I think Aussies are a sporting nation, so I think they've selected really well. Um, Yeah, like he's huge, like winter Olympic champion and and um, yeah, like I, I, it's name recognition though, isn't it? Like for a lot of these yeah. people, and um, he's he's probably uh, I know ET though too, but not as like not as much if that makes sense. Like I know the Paris, know probably just as much, but that's but that's because I read political. I know her more from her political side, so. As it's you mentioned, though, athletes, it's good. Like, obviously, it's it's better that we've kind of... Like, you think of the word champion, and no disrespect to a poker player, but, I mean, you know, I'm thinking of a of an athlete, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. I get. I'm assuming it's going to be 24 people as well. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I don't want everyone to be really sports based though as well. But, I, but what do you do? What do you do? So, do you think? Do you think they might kind of go on the the same page of like getting a Russell, and they might try and recruit a US Survivor player? Uh, I doubt it, based on Russell. But, but I'd like that as well. Um, yeah, would I? Mm. I'm very picky. I'm very, very picky. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, do we know they're filming? Where are they filming? Are they um, back in Fiji for this? Because I've, oh, I've look, Samoa, Samoa I, in the first. If I quickly Not look, the first season, season it just three, says South. It said they're filming in the South Pacific from April 29 to June 22nd. So right now, they would be very close to the end, wouldn't they? So. Um, yeah, I... there's filming going on uh, uh, with US and Fiji, um, but maybe that was the same last time as well. Different mm. part of Fiji. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, look, look, it'll be all right. I'm just, I'm uh, like, let's go back to the hit, like the future though. Do you think that this will be? Yeah, do you, do you think it's a good omen? What do you think the future of Aussie um, Survivor? I honestly don't know if I think it's on its because I think the good thing about Channel Ten is that they do stick with things. And I think that, you know, we as looking at the fact that they're bringing back the Amazing Race, you know, that's kind of random. They, like, I mean, just like Survivor was when they brought that out of nowhere. Like, we're bringing back Survivor. Hey, we're bringing back the Amazing Race. And you look at, like, you know, going way back to when The Bachelor came back. Like, that was kind of random because we'd never had a local version before. It'd been, what, so long since the US one had been on. And that's still pulling enough that people talk about it. So, I don't foresee this going anywhere anytime so I could be wrong I I don't know about this whole champions contenders thing though like I I I haven't seen it again so I don't know personally to fully judge what I think of it compared to what the other ones were but it still feels like a normal season like just to say that like it that's what I'm stoked about like even though they've got this theme like it's still like you still get to know the people as if you don't really know them so even though they're they're household names some of them um you get, yeah, it still feels like they're all unknowns in a way, but I, I yeah, um, I actually agree with you in the sense that the fact that Channel 10 and all these networks in Australia have to fill their content and reality is the go-to, so I wouldn't be surprised as like, yeah, like we, we might still get, if this rates well, which I think it'll, I don't think it's going to do much worse than last year because it's sort of, you know, yeah, I, I do believe the Survivor interest in australia has kind of if not grown but stayed but like stayed stayed pretty if not yeah i think it's grown a little bit so um it's pretty stable i think isn't it too and like even with like i guess go is still i'm assuming sort of showing it same day and kind of i think a lot of what they judge it on and there's a good good time slot as well like 7 30 i believe and yeah um, yeah and, like, the social media numbers is a lot of tracking now. And, like, you know, you always see it sort of trending very much near the top as well and things like Twitter and stuff like that. So, look, I think there's a healthy level out there. And, like, look, TV landscape is very different today. Like, you're not going to get shows very rarely pulling million viewers now just because of, you know, it's, it's rare. Like, it's only yeah. generally sporting events or finales or premieres that do it because, you know, people are Netflixing. They're, they're watching up on catch-up TV. They're watching it on online, you know, all the... the TV channels obviously have their catch-up services. so And they've got all those yeah. stats too. So, like, they, they know how many people are, are watching Survivor on, on 10 Play or whatever it's called. So, 
it's it, there's so many like people are quick to judge that oh my god survivor only pulled in 700,000 people last night it's rating poorly but i think that uh, at least channel 10 like i know 9 and 7 are still a quick to jump to conclusions and cancel things particularly channel 9 mm-hmm. um you know 10 are pretty consistent with sticking to their guns yeah i mean the project is a classic example of that i always remember when that started and it just it was wiped in the fall with ratings people said this is not going to last they stuck with it you know whether you're a fan of the project or not it's lasted a good long time now and it's got mm-hmm. its its core audience so uh and that's what i think survivor has it has its core audience it has its people tuning in every season agree yeah you it's know. got a loyal viewership and i think um i think almost because of the the way that they do it in australia like people kind of just become familiar with it by virtue of the fact that it's on three nights a week and yeah and it's not that much else to watch. Like they, they put pretty it much, yeah. <laughs> so that's in its favour. And I think Channel Ten, yeah. Come um, over to New Zealand, and then you really see that there's nothing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Right now in the background, I can see Dancing with the Stars New Zealand's on. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Could I tell you where any of the stars are? Nope. <laughs> Not Dave oh, Dobbins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's like it's a spectrum, isn't it? It's all a spectrum. Anyway, like when's it supposed to start? O- October? No, sorry, August. Oh, September, October, August. Yeah, yeah. one of those. <laughs> so coming up, yeah. Which uh, I'm glad they're not going to like show it during season 40 because, <laughs> you know, I'm glad yeah. it's kind of during Island of the Idols. So um, so we're going to probably have 239 and Aussie running sort of partially over the same time, like... Um, yeah, and I'll be honest with the listeners right now, because um, I think we had a few people listen, messaging in with some questions about, you know, are we going to go back to covering it like we used to? Honestly, from a personal perspective, I don't think there is the possibility for me to do that whilst covering US season, just with sort of my personal schedule. But look, I'm sure we can, we're going to do some groundwork with some form of coverage. Cause I, I think that it's, it's There's exciting. Say about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's also a case from me personally having, you know, living on this side of the, the Tasman now, you know, I mean, US survivor is, I found out shoved on a Saturday afternoon at like 5 PM, like a week <laughs> later. So, um, I mean, I, would, I, I've seen it advertised over here before, but I, I think the last last year, I think New Zealand was a good couple of weeks behind Australia. And yes, I realise there's other ways of finding it, hence how we can generally watch Survivor earlier. But, you know, not as readily available as US shows. So, um, you know, we've got we've got contingency plans and things we're going to be looking at. So just stay tuned, people. We'll, we'll let you know, as always. And that kind of leads me into some listening questions because, again, so many of these um, that we didn't get to the other day, and we're going to save some of these across the week. So thanks, everyone, for sending these in. And we did get a few more extra ones. Actually, the one I'll get to now, we've got this one sending extra since last week, and it's uh, an Australian-based one, so I'll just get to this now while I remember. Uh, Fibronia, um, similar to kind of what oh, we've actually what? talked about. Fibronia, that's their name. Hello, Fibronia. Um do you think Australian Survival will switch up themes to 2020 or keep using the same theme for publicity and gaining ratings for casuals who are the famous people appearing on Survivor? I mean, we kind of answered that, but I mean, I guess we'd hope it changed up themes, right? Uh, yeah, they they have to have a theme. That's what's tough about it because it kind of boxes them in in a way. If they never sort of pigeonholed themselves into having themes every year or every season, then they could have just called it Survivor 38, Survivor 39, but... I guess that would be shit too. So, <laughs> and yeah. I think I think the thing that I I guess I appreciate in a way is that I mean it's still this this debate 
with Australian Survivor, which it's not a debate. Um, how many seasons there are? This is season four. It's not season four. It'll be season six. And I think kind of Channel Ten have done there done it in a way where like you can kind of you know separate them from themselves and still not have to refer to yourselves as season four. Like I know they kind of called you know the second Channel Ten one season two. But you yeah, know, like it's it's it was season four, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they called it something different each time, which is kind of good. And yeah. um, I have to say, to appreciate like Ghost Island and Edge of Extinction, I, I don't mind the ideas. I just think the execution of both of them was not ideal. Um, but that said, I kind of liked the idea of Ghost Island. I kind of thought it could have been a lot better if they had have done it better and had a better cast. I thought the cast was a bit shit for that um, season thirty six. For Edge of Extinction, again, great idea. I'm not I'm not opposed to Redemption Island or people coming back into the game, actually. Like, maybe a hot take, like, purist in me. Or purist would say it's a travesty. But at the same time, yeah, it's been said a lot. And um, they should have just done it where there was much more um, footage of them on Edge of Extinction. So we, we just sort of, it was, it was more the editing and the narrative Yeah, uh, the thing that frustrated me the most with what they did with Edge of Extinction is that I think the initial surprise of having them come back, similar to the Outcast twist in Pearl Islands, was great. Like, that was fantastic. But, like, from then it was just dead and buried. Like, there was no point to it. And I think the fact with it, too, is that it just turned into a poor man's Redemption Island. And the, the most ridiculous thing of the whole lot to me, outside of Chris winning, and that's a whole other episode, is mm-hmm. that you have every person essentially becomes a jury member. Like, the two people who quit, if they didn't quit off the Edge of Extinction, they would have been jury members. Like, why do we need to have a yeah. season where everybody basically would be a jury member? That That is ridiculous. You need to earn... Like, Jeff Varner yeah. would have been yeah. watching that season throwing shit at the TV because all he wanted was to make all the jury. All he wanted to make the fucking jury, yeah. And I, I, I'm really furious at the fact that it was reduced to who can come back in, like, in the very end of the game. It's just who can win a challenge. Like, how does that compute? Like, that's trivial as as all hell to just win a challenge. And that's, like, it, it's like, so everyone else that spent all that time and waited all that time, like, it's supposed to be a striving for like you know you're on the edge of extinction and then oh okay it's all whether you can win a challenge or not like anyway another whole body but um very much so yeah definitely um so i'm going to skim through some of these questions see if i can pick out the australian ones and then maybe we might touch on a couple of the u.s based ones uh now actually you and i were talking a little bit about him off air matthew dyson first boot from uh last (laughs) season of australian survivor who's a very much a long-term listener to our show uh, said, would an international survivor be popular? Best of USA, South Africa, New Zealand, and Australia players in one season in a never-before-used location. I think it's got a lot of potential. What do you think? Uh, look, I, I oh. definitely agree. I think, I, I, I'm, I mean, as a sports fan, I like kind of the country versus country thing. I think kind of when we had Australia versus New Zealand Amazing Race, that was a lot of fun. And I think, again, going back into what I was talking about before, US versus Canada Survivor would have a lot of potential with it. It's, I I honestly think it would be great. I think it would be a very interesting thing, but I don't know if it would be popular because 
you know, think back to when Idol became a worldwide phenomenon. Basically, after about a year or two, they tried that world Idol, thinking oh, that, yeah. like, oh, everyone's going to be into this, and it flopped. So, and some Hobbit, Hobbit from Norway won. The Norwegian guy, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, because, like, at the end of the day, then, like, who produces that? Like, you would assume it would be CBS would take control, but... You know, and then it's, it's so many logistical things. Like, we've always heard the reasons why Australians can't apply for US Survivor and things like that, because it's it's insurance. It's, it's so many different laws and things like this. And if it's produced know. by American CBS, you kind of, like, wonder if they're going to have a little bit of editing bias towards their own. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I think try and try and not do that. But, Look, um, I think on paper it is a fantastic idea. Will it work or will it happen? I don't think it will. The closest we will get will be US versus Canada Survivor. We we might, if they, if they were continuing to do New Zealand Survivor, maybe they might do it. But they've actually done it before. Like, if you actually look up, like, they did, like, a, a Survivor Arabia, I think, with a lot of the Middle Eastern countries. I know, like, some of the, um, you know, Scandinavia, I believe they did it, and even some of the Eastern Bloc countries. I know there have been international versions where they have combined contestants from different countries before. Um, but... Based on that idea, Matthew, I think obviously he's referring to like let's get you know Russell Hance, Richard Hatch, you know, and put put them up against you know Jericho and and people like that. So it would be fantastic, but I, I don't see so many I do, so many layers. It would be really yeah. amazing, like to see who aligns with who based on yeah, like you you think of the, all the the layers of that. Um, I do. It's kind I of do, like yeah. the Cook Islands twist. You know how there are different ethnic backgrounds and yeah. you kind of think, oh, like, are they loyal to each other because of their ethnic background or because of, you know, just how it worked? And, it, yeah, it was it's quite fascinating. Uh, and I, I do love our good friend Des, uh, fellow first boot Des, from Australian oh, Fellow Survivor. Queenslander, yeah. Remember that I'm good old night where you had drinking beers with him at South Bay? <laughs> I'd good night. Cra- I'd crack a tinny with him any day. Oh, that was like my first Saturday living in Brisbane. I was meeting up with you, Dez, Andrew, Riley. That was a good night. Um, he replied saying, nah, I like Survivor because it is individual. I don't want to become country, state, religion versus each other because we have enough of that shit already, eh? <laughs> good Dez. That's a, like quintessential Dez comment. Love it. Very good Dez. Um yeah. I have a question here from a Julian Groneberg. Um, you've basically talked about the question you sent in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I couldn't resist. Thanks for that question, Julian. Um, so let's just see here if there's any other Australian ones here. Um, oh, Fabronia sent one in a week ago as well. Uh, is Survivor South Africa and Australian Survivor setting the standard for how good you can make Survivor without too many idols and advantages? Uh, I, I, I've not seen Survivor South Africa, so I, I don't know. What do you think on that? I do think it is does somehow feel refreshing watching these international seasons, um, and so many people have talked about this. But there's still they did some funky twists in Australian Survivor, which I didn't like. But I really enjoyed the outcast. No, not the outcast twist. The outpost twist. Um, I'm not spoiling anything because you haven't seen it. But in season um, the the New Zealand Survivor and in uh, Island of Secrets, they've got a bit of a twist. But there's not there's not this sense of just like advantages all the time i don't know it does feel um not old school but somewhere in the middle so it is refreshing to see it i think the slightly longer episodes help that too so i forget what fabronia really asked in terms of like is it better (laughs) or look i i think 
I, I would argue that, I mean, Australian Survivor Series idols, I mean, from the last one I watched, obviously it wasn't as, as twisted, but I, even in a way, I would not necessarily agree that it's not as twisted vantage heavy because, I mean, you still have the they stupid... Have stuff, yeah. The non-vote outs give me the absolute G willy winkies. I hate those. They just have no place in Survivor. Um yeah. You know, the the whole, you know, let's, here's a jar of cookies. Do you want to share? Like, I get it. Like, it helped Jericho win and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, yeah. just just give us a bare bone. Like, again, the show has to adapt. I get it. I understand we've got to adapt to the times and move forward with the show. But, like, the twist in itself, as I keep saying, bring back a bare-knuckled season, no idols, no nothing. Because the thing that, you know, still, I was laughing during Edge of Extinction that they're literally putting up, like, a scoreboard on the screen now saying, like, Kelly Wentworth, three idols. You know, Rick Devins, one idol, one fake idol, one advantage. Like, it's kind of like, we need a, like, a halftime report. We need, like, you know, like, uh, commentators coming in and go, yes, that's right, Julian. (laughs) Yeah, you do. You almost need, like, a Jeff Probst, like, at a live thing like he explained it it's getting too complicated almost like and yeah. um if you and that's that's that concerns me a bit because i want new fans to understand what's going on i want new people to get on board and if it's just like what does this mean like you forget who's got this advantage and yeah um there is something a little bit more simplistic and refreshing about the international seasons i reckon I, I have to watch Survivor South Africa. I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I'll I'll, I'll get around to it one day. Um, well, I think yeah, I've, there's a lot to enjoy with the current one, but I've got to watch last year's as well, which was pretty good mm-hmm. as well. But I haven't I haven't seen any of that. So. We've basically covered the Australian one, so I might get through a few of these US ones and kind of save the the rest for next week. It's kind of on the topic of what we're talking about here. Mark McDonald uh, says, "I think the show jumped the shark, maybe even one, the one that Hatch bit in All Stars." Uh, okay. In last season, and I'm not so sure about the next season either. The show has moved away from its core focus of social and strategic moves towards excessive advantages and idols. I hope they will scale it back for season 40 because I would hate for a legend to go out because of some tacky twist like Sari in Game Changers. Interesting. I mean, very interesting point. I That's a good a point. Tra- I'll, yeah. As a traditionalist, I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. Um... But I don't see it happening. I sadly don't see it happening because I think we kind of went over it before. We have, what, like eight pre-season 20 players. And even of those eight pre-season 20 players, I mean, everyone Danny onwards have have been on a season with an idol in it. Danny, obviously, was very new. Like, she was on the first season with an idol. But you've only got to have, what, Amber and Ethan. Because, I mean, Rob's played with an idol. So you're only having Amber and Ethan as the only two players coming into this who have not played on an idle season of Survivor. So therefore, like, if you were to flip this up, remove the advantages, you're you're giving advantage straight away to them. And I, I, I think it's more about them adapt. We've seen that with Tina, you know, with Jervis, you know, with Jeff Varner, Kelly Wigglesworth, Kimmy Kavanagh, people who have come back and have had to adapt to the game. Uh, but, I, like, Mark, I agree with you. I would, I would love to see that. I, I, as a traditionalist, I couldn't agree with you more. I sadly just don't see it happening. Yeah, there's a few that, like, I don't really see it happening to. I just would love to see them. Uh, there's a certain point in the game where there should be no more idols put in as it starts getting really close to the finish line, and that's what's really frustrated me from from the last few seasons. Like, they're finding idols at final six, final five. Like, it's just it's just despicable. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I'm, just, I'm appalled. I'm appalled by it. And so uh, have idols, have have idols get rehidden when someone plays them? Fine, 
just don't like at a certain point though like oh yeah yeah no completely agree chris val chris val basically this isn't really a question it's a a statement i guess michelle survived only six tribal councils is really saying something denise survived 14 tribal councils Denise is so much a better player than Michelle. <laughs> Thanks, Rossi, Chris. What do you say, Rossi? <laughs> uh, that, that's actually a, um, a, a fair point uh, in some ways. Like, um, yeah, but part of Survivor is also being able to, like, the, the pre-merge is, is valid if you survive by being on a strong tribe and being part of that tribe that doesn't get yeah. voted out. So you can't be shit at challenges in a way. Yeah, no, I agree. Kathy, my issue with season 40 is the more recent winners are bound to come back in a future season, but the older winners this season was their last chance ever return uh, because of the theme. That's the frustrating part. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, Kathy. I think we talked about this episode that, you know, we've seen in the past that who would have ever thunk it that Jervis was going to come back, you know, 26 seasons later for Blood vs. Water, you know, and, and Kimmy Kappenberg and Kelly. Like, I, I, don't, I would not discount people coming back for another chance, but I also do see... The point, I just, I think another level two, which, you know, it's not a card I necessarily like to play a lot, but you've also, you've got to look at the dynamics of the casting. You know, you've got to look at the diversity, the age brackets, the races and things like that. And, you know, it's a sad fact of it too, that I surely that had to play a card in it. You know, you look at someone like Natalie versus Vesepia, they're going to choose Natalie more so over Vesepia, which is sad. And and Vesepia plays two different cards, not only the diversity card, but she's also of the older woman variety. And, you know, that's Mm -hmm. also where I think maybe Tina's fallen through the cracks because they're going to go for Denise over Tina because Denise hasn't had that chance again. And I, 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 I had a discussion with the great Twitter account on, uh, Tina Western fans, fantastic, you know, <laughs> long-term listener of the show, and sort of having a discussion about this. And I sort of mentioned to my, look, I'm disappointed that Tina isn't coming back. But if I had to choose, if they said to me, Ben, you've got an older woman, somebody, you know, an older than, what, 40, 50-year-old woman on the show, and it has to be either Tina or Denise, I would choose Denise purely because so, we've seen Tina come back. We yes. haven't seen Denise come back. Yeah. That's where I'd choose towards, And that, I'd skew towards that point with um, a lot of people that have already come back, like, um, Tyson three times already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyone that's yeah. been back three times, I don't really need to see again. Um, but yeah. But we, I think we went over this last week. Was it 11 or 13 basically winners after this season 40 will be one time winners who have got a hundred percent game. And wow. again, that's talking about debating things afterwards. There's an episode in itself. Like some of these winners could go out and quote, destroy a legacy. Whereas, like, you know, Brian, for example, as much as I would love to see him go out there, dominate shit out, win two from two, shut up, everyone, he's the greatest player of all time, part of me still is like, he's not going to hurt his legacy. He's still one from one. He's still 100%, still played, you know, a near-perfect game to me. So, therefore, you know, he's still up in that category. Whereas, you know, who knows? Like, Kim Spradlin can go out there and absolutely pull an absolute joker of a dumb game, and then all of a sudden people are questioning it. So you it's going to be so interesting to see like um, people that aren't necessarily a fan of some of these winners, and then one of them doesn't do well, and then they'll use that to yeah. justify where they're shit. So it's going to be, or oh, there's going to be some debate. I can't wait. It's for it. it's the it's the JTness. I think people often yeah. forget about how good JT's winning yeah, token teams was because they just they overshadow it with his uh, you know heroes versus villains and game changers performance, which I yeah. think is incredibly unfair, but. It yeah. is a bit unfair, even though I don't necessarily like JT. But I, yeah, no, it's, I agree. I agree. Um, so you you sort of touched on this one before. Selma says, "Should Survivor USA leave Fiji 
and return to a location not visited before. Where, where would you, like you mentioned sort of like some of these, quote, oh. Julian <laughs> said this, povo places, unquote. Um, I mean, are there legitimately, I mean, you obviously get to see a large part of the world in your job. Like are there places that you think you visited, you go, hey, there's survival so many, would be really there's good so, like, There's so many places, I believe, that anywhere around the equatorial zone, like which is, they've gone, yeah, there's a whole middle of the world, basically, the middle ring of the world. So if the world's in three, three sections in thirds, you don't you eliminate the north and the south and then have the middle and like anywhere really around there that's got water. So, I mean, I mean, I'd love to see an inland season. That's, that's probably blue sky thinking, but any, any of them like Vietnam, it springs to mind really because they've done Cambodia. They've, they've Thailand again, like anywhere. I wouldn't even care if they went somewhere back again, but but again, I don't want to harp on like it's yeah. Uh, just kind of what we were talking about Vesepia a little bit before. Olga here said, uh, "Love from Israel as always. You know my love for Vesepia, and of course my outrage for her not being cast in all winners. Why they didn't call everyone out of courtesy? Also, why is Vesepia treated like the black sheep? She is an underrated winner, first African American winner, and first black reality show winner. She has a connection to Rob. She has a story." I mean, what's your take on Vesepia? Like, no. I don't know really if you're a fan of Vesepia or not, or I, kind of what you're. I um, this is real bad because I know Colin loves her, but I hate her. Like, oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> I just find her like as boring as batshit, to be honest. And like, she did, didn't to me didn't really play that. She's like, no drama. Like, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Marquesas, the Marquesa or whatever you want to call it, but <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like her game. I didn't. I thought it was just by virtue of Lee was so shit at Final Trouble Council. It was like, here you go. Um, yeah, I, I really am not disappointed about her. Like, I'd like to see her from an early um, player perspective and the fact that she's a bit of a mystery, and she might have something more to prove, but nah. No. I would I would definitely, if you ever get the chance, um, if you ever get a chance to listen to the Survivor Historians podcast uh, and they talk a lot about how she won that game, uh, definitely swayed me a lot to mm, they are know, appreciating it. And, yeah, I, I look, I wouldn't rank for Sepia in my top half of winners, but I, I, I like her. I think, you know, her win, you know, it's kind of middle of the road, sort of lower tier, but I still appreciate what she did. Um, so yeah, and I'll, I'll add to here, Oz Network, where you let Vesepia come on your podcast, recap all winners and to all the winners not chosen. I'd be so happy. Absolutely the plan. I'm sure it wouldn't just be our only plan. I'm sure all the other Survivor potties will be doing the same, but, um, y- you can definitely count on us reaching out to Vesepia, to Tina, to Brian, to Richard, you know, or any of the winners who have and been do, on I the show. I did like that, yeah. her on, um, Survivor Oz because I know she did a couple of appearances and she was actually really good and insightful. So I think she can justify her game. I just don't really, it doesn't stick in my mind as a good win. And, and I do believe that there's a lot more to her game. And so it's maybe sounds hypocritical of me to appreciate Danny so much when you could make the same argument that her game was no better in some ways. So, yeah. Uh, Gene says, such a travesty that some people like Sepia Bryan, Chris and Todd were not contacted. Why they didn't extend the cast to 22 or 24 players and brought back as many big names as possible. That's a great point because you think about All-Stars. I mean, that was, what, the first season with more than 16 players. So why didn't we get a 22 or a 24? And, like, I think we talked about this briefly last week about have a twist, like have 25 winners and five of them get cut from the get-go. Like, you know, like, just imagine that. Like, hey, that see you be... later, Boston Rob. You're eliminated on the spot. Like, that would be 
epic. <laughs> that would be epic. It would also be disappointing depending who went. But I, I agree. Like the fact that at least we get to see them. Um, yeah, they don't need to limit themselves. I sometimes think that Survivor US maybe the twist could be sometimes maybe go longer than than 39 days again, go more than 20, 20 castaways. I don't know. Like there's some potential there. Couple of speculative ones here. I mean, Wesley says any ideas or speculation who the alternates were? Was it Tina or Hatch? I've I've read that there actually were no alternates. I think t- from what I from what I understand, Tina and Mike were both there and on very close to being on the list, and then last minute they were replaced. I'm not sure who by. Um, but it seems that Tina sort of openly said that I was cold, I was basically ready to go, and then last minute they cut me. And from what I've seen, Mike has said very similar things too. Everyone else has either turned it down, like I know Cochran turned it down, uh, Earl turned it down, and pretty much everybody else, I think, just wasn't called from what the, the consensus is, or unknown. Like people like JT, Natalie, you know, people aren't sure as to why they haven't, you know, on a list. And in, in a similar one here, um, Marlene says, was Tina cut last minute because Amber was cast. I heard rumours that Rob was going to turn down 40, was having Amber play the condition for him being cast. Look, I... That surprised me that both of them were out there because, I mean, it's, part of me it is still surprising to see Amber Rob. I thought was so done. I thought she was so done. Well, I thought Rob, Rob was Rob was permanent, always said he's done. So was Parvati. They've both said they've always done. But yeah. I guess the lure of having them here mm-hmm. for this. And, like, again, you think about, you think an all-winner seat and, like, you can't have an all-winner. To me, the three, the four key people you have in an all-winner season without any doubt is Rob, Parvati, Sandra, and Richard. And we've yep. gotten 75% of that. And there's so, a lot of ego. So you have to admit, even though they say they're done, like if they're asked for unall winners, like you have to admit that their ego does just kind of, okay. Yeah, like, and look, it's, and you, you know, you can say you're done, but then you're not. And like, there, there definitely are people out there who are done who wouldn't do it again. But like, you know, you've yeah. got that lure. Like Kelly Wigglesworth used to say that, like, you know, I quit halfway through the show. I didn't want anything to do with it. And look, she came back. So. And, um, and and all winners is very different too to just a regular returnee or half returnee or whatever. So yeah. And and look, I don't think I I wouldn't assume there would be any sort of I guess quote condition that like you know is what is Amber Casca's Tina they're both Australian outback. Well, Parvati and and Yule were both Cook Islands. You know, Parvati, Sandra, Tyson, and Rob are all heroes versus villains. Uh, you know, Sarah Tyson, uh, Sarah sorry Sarah Tony. Like no, I don't think that's a thing at all. Um, no, neither. But I, but I mean, look, if if that if the producers had on paper, like let's have Tina and Rob, and last minute Amber has said, "Hey, I'll actually I'll do this." Yeah, I wouldn't definitely doubt that the producers have gone fuck. Let's have Amber and Rob together again. Like we're not going to let that slip. And then Tina might have been cut because from a television perspective, again, at the end of the day, this is a television show. Um, I, I I again, and no disrespect to Tina, I love Tina to bits. But I would rather see Rob and Amber play again together rather than Rob and Tina. It's so. tough. It's tough. There's so much competition amongst themselves. Um, themselves. So, yeah, I have to uh, imagine that both Tina and Mike would have said yes um, as well. So, yeah. uh, I, I might close because again there's a there's a lot more here but I might save some for Nick because I think an episode with Nick's going to be maybe a bit more negative than our last few and then I might <laughs> save some of these to lighten the mood at the end but um, Leah P if Parvati makes merge or wins this season and Sandra goes pre-merge a second time does this officially knock Sandra as Queen of Survivor since Parvati would have made the merge four times and if she makes top six or higher I have to say Parvati I will no doubt in many people and fans eyes may be considered the all time 
best. And she also adds, Poverty can seriously make it to day 150 or more playing Survivor if my math is correct. Now, that, that's, again, mind-blowing statistics. Rob is going to become the first five-time player of Survivor. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Um, so, what do you think? Yeah. Is poverty Does poverty become the queen if that situation plays out? There's an argument for that, but I, I'm, it's, it's one thing to make it post-merge. It doesn't mean you're necessarily any better than anyone pre-merge a lot of the time. It just means that you're able to sort of play under the radar. Like, if you're not getting the job done, if she can make it to the final three or four now, I don't know, three, then that's a little bit different. Um, no, I don't think it really detract from Sandra if she goes pre-merge in poverty, makes it to the top six. No. What about you? Look, it's a tricky one because, I mean, if you're using the argument based on making it to a certain point of the game, making you a great player, then... Rupert doesn't get as much credit as he deserves because you take blood versus water out of the equation. He made the merge every single time, didn't he? And he made it, what, top five, top six, twice. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, and Rupert never gets any credit as a good player as Survivor. So, you know, there's hey, that argument. Me. <laughs> but I mean, look, it's it's an interesting one because I think the argument, I, I'm not trying to compare Poverty and Rupert before you start, you know, yelling at me. Ben, you're an idiot. Again, you know, I haven't missed your dumb opinions. Um, because like, absolutely, Poverty, that, that would be a question. But that goes back, I think, to our point we mentioned before, that no matter who wins this season, no matter who makes it far, we're going to have a whole series of debates around who's the best and everything because, you know, for a long time, it's just been Sandra is two from two. She's automatically the greatest, you know, pre-game changes. And then it was always the debate around had Poverty won Heroes versus Villains. Does that make her the great greatest? Because she would have been two from three. So it's it's a tricky one. It's It's such a tricky one to look at. And again, this is why, again, there's no definitive answer, but this is where, you know, we exist as a podcast and fans out there exist on forums to be able to discuss yeah. this. It's great. You can, fucking, you can justify and make an argument almost for anything. That's why, that's why Survivor is so great because, like, there's going to be so much discussion. I, I'm worried, though, that I'm going to get to be almost over all the speculation discussion of these players before the season even starts i think because it's just been announced that there's that hype and then it'll all chill out we'll be absorbed with 39 and aussie survivor so yeah i don't know which is, i think it's good like we've got this off-season speculation yeah. yeah island of the idols comes out and then all of a sudden you know yeah one, one thing before we close it out i actually i i was intrigued actually because that's a great i love stats and sort of when she mentioned about how poverty has a chance to you know crack 150 days i had to pull up the the most days played so the the current list at the moment, so if I scroll through quickly, quickly uh, from 20, so Stephanie is still in the top 20, 75 days played over three seasons, and you've got James and Spencer tied on 18th, Jonathan Penner, 17th, JT, uh, 15th, tied with Malcolm. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyson, so he's our first winner on this list, uh, 81 days he has played. So the most he could go to is like 120. So he could break the record if all the other winners went early. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyson, uh, sorry, Tina, 83 days. Andrea, 86 days. And again, this obviously, uh, that's probably more actually because I think this article was published sort of when Aussie broke the record in game changes. Um, Russell Hance, 88 days. Jerry Manthe, 89. Oh, makes me happy that Jerry's in the top 10. Oh, Sandra... Mentioned- Sandra, 94 days, uh, which is interesting given that she's 239 days and then she also game changes 16 days. Okay. Coach, uh, 8, 96 days. Colby, 7th, 98 days. So, I mean, there's an, like, you know, Colby, you know, final two, final five, 
and then what just before the merge in All Stars. So he's done yeah, like, Sari. Yeah, in All Stars still. Sari, I mean, look, I, I I don't know what her final count is because again, this is halfway through, so I'm sure some fans. What's, probably a, what's Amanda it. got? I mean, she'll probably getting to her. But... Amanda's fourth, 108. Rupert's fifth, 104. Four. Uh, so how long did Sari last? She would have added at least another 20 days to that, wouldn't she? So she'd be on about 100. I reckon Sari would almost be on top of this list now, not Aussie. Anyway, so Aussie, at least on this list, is 120 days. Uh, Rob is second. So of the winners, so Rob, 117 days. Parvati, 114 days. So Parvati only has to outlast Rob by three days. She pips him in the post. And the, the crazy thing is that she would have only played four times. Rob would have played five times. Uh, which again, it's Rob's like it's his mantra, isn't it? It's it's shit or good, like mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Parvati's there is a consistency argument for her, but if she makes it far again, that's that. So the winners in the top twenty coming into this end. So Rob Parvati, uh, we've got here Sandra, uh, Tyson, and that's it. So we've only got four in the top 20 who can possibly extend it. So the, the key ones there are Rob and Parvati should overtake Aussie and Sari as the most days played, you would assume so. Mm-hmm. So interesting stats there. I like that. So I like to hear these little factoids as well because it is, yeah, There's it's sort of cementing even further these people like Rob and Parvati by being back again. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um that's that's incredible to think though that either Rob or Parvati could technically walk away with hundred and fifty days played. Actually I found okay, I found the, the, the actual list here, so here we go. So people texting correcting me just quickly. So Aussie <laughs> still holds a record, but hundred and twenty eight days is his final tally. Sari has hundred and twenty one. Um so that was just updating the, the those ones from game changers who were sort of halfway. Actually no, but this has actually then got Aubrey on there, of course. So Aubrey's actually played 111 days, but do they count? What do they count as days on Edge of Extinction? Yeah, that's that's an asterisk, isn't it? That's a real asterisk because I would like, and because Kelly Wentworth is there, she's 15th, and surely Joe then would be in this list. Um, yeah, see, that's a real asterisk situation. I I think you have to almost exclude um them from the Edge of Extinction, but yeah, because Joe. Okay, so Joe's 12th. Kelly Wentworth is 15th. Uh, they're obviously counting all days from... Because um, there's no way Kelly Wentworth... She was, what, fourth no, in... No, she lasted like she was like what days in San Juan Fourth, Del Sur, yeah, or maybe fourth like boot. Fifth 12, boot in San Juan Del Sur. Fifth boot, yeah. So I, I would disagree with that, that you count... No. Like, yeah. technically, but technically, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the average... Here's, a, here's an interesting one. The, the average days per season, the leader is actually Ty... 38.5 average days over his two seasons. That's nearly the whole length. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Um, Parvati is second equal with Spencer, followed by Keith Nail. Oh, Keith. Aubrey. And then Big Tom's still up there. Good on you, Big Tom. Um, so, yeah, I love stats. God, I like this website. Anyway, uh, Julian, it is. it has been a pleasure. We could be here all night, um, but really, really... Love talking survive with you. We're going to get you on again uh, at some point. We've got so many episode ideas. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always to talk about it any time. So thank you for having me. It's been great. And for everybody listening, uh, back next week again for our third sort of consecutive one. We've got uh, Nick Chista back 
We've got all New Zealand. I'm, I'm not quite a Kiwi yet. I'm just living here. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit more of a, I guess, I don't want to say negative episode. The, the question we're sort of posing is, is Survivor broken? And we'll kind of go over, I guess, some of these issues we've raised in regards to what we're not liking about the show at the moment. Because Nick sort of, uh, I mean, you know, hasn't really taken the time away like I did, but sort of has a, has a bit more of a an active voice in terms of what's wrong with the show rather than what's right. So um, we've obviously got a few more questions, as I said, still to ask. But if there's any burning ones that you sort of haven't asked in terms of what's wrong with this show, perhaps, and we're not going to say that this show is completely dead and buried, otherwise we wouldn't be covering it, um, you know, send them in between now and next week. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, any of those channels. And we really appreciate you listening to us here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, that's been Julian, and we'll speak to you next week on the Oz Network. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.